Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue our series, Christmas Isn't Canceled. Again, just a great title for this year, 2020, for the season of Advent as we focus on the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. The season of Advent, the second Sunday in Advent, that second purple that we get to light next weekend, we light the pink candle. As we talk about Advent, I just want to see, you know, when you think about Advent, what comes to mind? You think of Advent, you know, how would you describe Advent? You might think about the candles. You might think about some of those Advent hymns, like we sang, Oh, Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I mean, I, I love, this one of my favorite hymns. I love that hymn. Great prayer about God and his arrival. Again, that's what the word Advent means, is arrival or coming. Maybe you think about getting the Christmas decor out or having an Advent calendar. You're counting the days down. When you think about Advent, you might think about some of the other traditions that you might have. But when I think about it, what really comes to mind when I think about Advent is I think about pizza. Pizza. How many of you think about Advent and you think about pizza? Yeah, most of you, I mean, and probably at home too, they're all like shaking their heads here. They're like, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, you know, I, I think about pizza because, well, you know, when you, you order pizza, there's a sense of anticipation, Right? There's a sense of wanting and longing, and the season of Advent is about that sense of anticipation, of that wanting, that longing for something wonderful, that hope that when that pizza arrives, when it comes, there is something that is just great and wonderful to share. And that, in many ways, it's a lot like Advent, isn't it? A lot like a pizza. Speaking of pizza, here's kind of the question I have for you to kind of grease your wheels a little bit this morning, is what kind of pizza do you love? I heard someone said pepperoni, you know, and, and you know, by the way, my family had pizza last night because I wanted a pizza box so that I could hold it up here this morning, but also because I love pizza. You know, I, I could eat pizza probably once a week, especially really good pizza. This is from, you know, the Mellow Mushroom, so mm, that was good pizza. Love pizza. I mean, you might love pizza that's something really simple like cheese pizza, or you might like pizza that's got like everything on it, you know, all the, the veggies, mushrooms and onions and bell peppers. Or maybe you like, you know, completely just a veggie pizza. Or maybe you like the meat lovers that's just piled full of meat. Or maybe you like something kind of crazy. You know, I went to school with my wife and I did. It's where we met in Portland, Oregon. I remember one time we had pizza with smoked oysters. It was good. And I, some of you were like, oysters? No, no, no. Pizza? No, no. But it really was. I mean, you can do some crazy things with pizza. But yeah, you know, my favorite, the pizza that I really love, and someone here had said it, I really love pepperoni pizza. That's my favorite. A really good, spicy pepperoni pizza. It's just, oh, you know, just how many of you are hungry right now for pizza? Yeah. You know, I, I do, and I, I think about pizza, and I think about Evan, and I think about things that I love. I love pizza. I love a good pizza, and, and just waiting for that pizza to come and, and, and to eat that and enjoy that, it reminds me of Evan. It reminds me of things that I love. But you know, the way that I love pizza is not the same way that I love my wife. That's probably good, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's probably that's really good. You know, I, I, I love my wife in a much different way. I mean, when I talk about, you know, the love that I have for pizza, it's not the same kind of love that I have for my wife. The love that I have for my wife is the love that I want to have a personal relationship with her. I don't want to have a personal relationship with my pizza. I just want to eat it. And I'm hungry, and it smells good, and it tastes good. But my wife, that kind of love, is, is not only a love that I want to have this personal relationship, it's a love that I want to put into action. I, I, I want to do things. I want to better things for my wife. 
you know, because of the love that I have for her and the love that she has for me. I mean, that's a different kind of love. And you think about that, when someone says that they love you, maybe you start thinking, okay, what kind of love is that? Is that like a pizza love, you know, or is that like a love love? And as we talk about Advent, you know, we're going to talk about love. That's what Paul is getting at as he talks about love. He talks about love that love is willing to do. Love is action. Love has energy into it and lives and breathes. So let's take a look and let's read together these words from Romans 12, 9. We read, let love be genuine. It's a really short portion of that verse, right? Let love be genuine. Let your love be sincere. Let your love be real, genuine, sincere love, not pizza love. But the kind of love that says, I'm going to put this love into action. The word that Paul uses here, he's using a, a verb here. And so he's using a verb meaning that it is a doing thing. Love is a doing thing. When we say that we love, you know, we are doing, we are expressing and living out that love. Now, often when Paul talks about this love and this love particularly that we have for one another, as Dale said, you know, we are a church family. We are our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we talk about this law that we have for the community and the world in which we live, you know, Paul often uses a Greek word, you know, called phileo. Maybe you've heard that word before. So we get like Philadelphia from, you know, the city of brotherly love. Phileo. This is brotherly kind of love, this kind of family love for one another. But Paul changes the word here in Romans 12, 9. He uses the Greek word, and many of you may know this word, he uses the Greek word agape. In all other places that Paul has used this word, he's talked about God's love for us. Agape is that unconditional, unending love that God has for you, for me, for the world. Let's take a look at Romans 12, chapter 5, verse 8. Let's read this together. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God demonstrates his love. God doesn't just say, I love you. God doesn't say, I love you with a pizza love, thankfully. God says, I love you. And he demonstrates that love by sending Jesus. That Jesus came into our world. We're getting ready to celebrate his birthday in a matter of days. Hopefully you're getting Christmas shopping done. We're going to celebrate his birth. We're going to celebrate God's love for us and God's love for the world. He sent his son Jesus so that Jesus would live the life that we can never live. And then he would die for the life that we do live and rise again to life. Not because we were pretty good, almost good. Not because we're better than those other people over there. Christ died for us. He died for you and for me while we were still what? Sinners. Rebellious. We did not deserve God's love. Yet that's God's love. God's love is an undeserved, unending love. Again, Paul talks about this love, and he he poses this in in a question as he talks about God's love for us, God's love for you. Let's read together Romans 8.35. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted, or are hungry, or are destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. 
This question, and more often you see the translation, can anything separate us from God's love? And Paul's answer is ultimately, no. But with this verse, particularly for 2020, it just kind of nails it for us. Because all of us have felt 2020, the strain of 2020, you know, between the pandemic and, and social and civic unrest and, and maybe even disputes and, and, and with our family and disagreements there and, and politics and all that just kind of mixed together. And then some of us are getting some economic, you know, challenges going on and health issues going on. It's made it for a crazy, difficult, challenging time. Sometimes maybe we even think that. Does God really love me? Look at my life. But Paul reminds us that no matter how bad, how difficult, how challenging, how hard it is, nothing can separate you from God's love in Jesus Christ. God's love for you. So when Paul talks about this love, and let's go back to Romans 12, 9. I'm going to read this again. Let's read this. Let love be genuine. He's talking about not this brotherly love, but the love that God has for us, that God's love is shaping our love for one another and our love for the world. And depending on the translation that you may read as you read Romans, particularly Romans 12, there's upwards of about 30 different imperatives, kind of like commands. And as Paul gives these imperatives, these commands, these imperatives and these commands, you know, they don't earn us God's love. Because God loves us because of Jesus Christ. Loves us even though we were still in our sin. These imperatives are commands. Paul is saying, look, this is how we are to pattern our life. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, this is how his love shapes us. His love shapes us that we love one another as we have been loved by God. We love one another with an unconditional, unending love. Not only the love for those that we like, but even for those that we maybe don't like or don't like so much. We all have those kind of people that we don't like so much. Think about it this way. Think about Forrest Gump. Could have brought another box up here. Because Forrest Gump would say life was like a box of what? Chocolates. Okay, if you had a box of chocolates and you opened up that chocolate, I mean, how many of you would eat every single piece of that chocolate? Some of you would. But most often, and there's a mixture of different kinds of chocolate, what do we do? You know, we, we either look at the lid to see where's the ones that I like, those are the ones I'm going to eat, and you can have the ones I don't like. Or if you do one of those things where you don't know what they are, you buy it, and you like kind of throw it away, you wrap it up in clean if you don't eat it. Or maybe you say to someone else, here, you eat this. But you know, the world is like a box of chocolates. Our community of Lincoln is like a box of chocolates. Our, our congregation is like a box of chocolates. There's all kinds of different people. And, and there's some that maybe we more easily love, but we're called to love them all, even the people that are difficult, even the people that we maybe would consider enemies. They think, they look, behave differently than what we would. We are called to love them, to reflect the love that God has for us, for you in Jesus Christ. Let your love be genuine. Part of letting that love be genuine is the love that's lived out. We do that as we collected water bottles for our three of our community schools and the hoodies and the winter coats as we collected items for Thanksgiving baskets and gave those away. When we do those kind of things, those are ways that we live out that love. As we care for one another, we live out that love. As we forgive one another, we live out that love. And as even Paul says, to bring peace into a conflicted world 
is living out his love. Loving those in our family and loving those in the world as God loves us, as he loves you in Jesus. So here's our challenge for this, this week and really for this Advent season. What small action can you take this season to put Jesus' love into action? One small thing that you can do this season to put Jesus' love into action. Again, Jesus' love is an unconditional, unending love. And his love is not only for those that he liked and those who deserved it, because none of us deserve his love. His love was even for us while we were still sinners, enemies of God. So whether it's someone that you do like a lot, someone you like a little, someone you don't know, maybe even someone you don't like at all, we are called to love with the love that Jesus has for us. Even as we hear in the Scriptures, Beloved, let us love one another, and that they will know that we are his followers, we are Christians by our what? By our love. Let's put that love into action. By God's power, by his Spirit working in us. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the gift of your amazing grace and love. A love that you have for us even while we were still sinners, even while we were still your enemies. You sent Jesus Christ into our world to live, to die, and to rise again. Lord, if we're honest, especially this year, it's been harder to love some people. And yet you call us to love. You call us to love the way that you love us. Lord, we, if we're honest, we can't do that on our own. It takes your grace and love in us. It takes the Holy Spirit working in us. And it can often takes a lot of work in us, Lord. So we pray, open our hearts for your love to fill our heart and for that love to overflow into the life of others through our words and our actions. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time.